Hello everybody and welcome to what I believe is the 14th episode uh, of the Assassin's Creed podcast. Oh, we the 15th. Gabe is looking at me funny. No, no, no. I, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, it, we've, we've done so many of these now. I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's all blending together. Anyway, I am Andy, one of your community managers on Assassin's Creed. And I'm joined, as I mentioned, by Gabe Graziani, Senior Comdev. Yeah, I already talked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spoiled it. I it's spoiled not a surprise <laughs> anymore. Uh, we're, we're extremely happy to be back and extremely excited about this episode because we have as our special guest, Mr. Oliver Bowden, who uh, is the author of the some of the Assassin's Creed novels. And I'm going to quickly run through before I let you say hello. Um, it was The Secret Crusade. Forsaken, Black Flag, Unity, and Underworld novels that you wrote. Yes, yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm, I'm, thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to be here. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, um, those of you who are listening are probably super excited because we know a lot of our community love reading the novels, especially as like a companion to to those those games. Especially, you know, like we mentioned them. They, the, the naming convention changed a little bit because mm -hmm. like they used to just be the name of the game, or, or and and now it's like they have their own individual stories, which we're going to get into a little bit uh, during the episode. But let's actually start with you, Oliver. So, like, uh, tell us a little bit about because obviously. Assassin's Creed is not just all you've written, but like, how did you get to the point where you were writer in the first place? I know that's a thing that a lot of uh, people in our community say that mm, maybe it's a thing they want to do, either games writing or writing novels like you do, or any sort of, you know, writing. Like, how did you get there? Maybe tell us a little bit about your education and, and, and whatnot. Well, I, start, I, I started off as a journalist. Uh, I started off as a newspaper journalist, um, working for my local newspaper. Um, and then I went on to, because I was always, always interested in video games. So I went on to work in video games journalism. And uh, anybody in the UK uh, listening will probably have heard of the, the games magazine, Computer and Video Games, CVG. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I know. I I was fortunate enough to dabble in games media, and I have a lot of friends who were at CVD. All right. So that's, that's like a blast from the past. Okay. Right. Well, Nick, we're gonna we're gonna need to um swap some names soon, then, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I used to I worked there at CVG, and I also worked. Um, I'm to be honest. When you work in video games magazines, you tend to move around, and you you work on quite a few of them. And uh, and I worked on, and then another big one that I worked on was a, a magazine called PlayStation Plus, um, and but then I was, went freelance, and so I was just sort of working for you know various magazines, and at the at the same time, I was writing novels, but I was writing those in my spare time really, and um, it got to the stage where I'd written something and I I showed it to an agent. And he said, I, I kind of like it. It's not quite, you know, I don't think I can sell it, basically. Um, but, uh, you know, let me know if you if you write anything else. So which, which of course, was, is um, hugely encouraging for a writer, you know, to hear that a, an agent might want to, you know, read something else that they've written. Uh, and so I, I wrote something. I had, a, had another idea that I was working on. I wrote this other book and uh, he thought that was better and uh, thought it, it was good enough to go out and sell to the to the publishing industry it got published i i, I then was uh, an author with a publishing deal and um and i wrote us uh, sort of three more books uh and they, they're published too and so um 
and after that well then your name's out there and um, luckily I was put forward to um, write the Assassin's Creed books which was um, an opportunity I, I grasped with both hands enthusiastically because <laughs> uh, you know because of my background in video games you know I felt I had some affinity with the brand and so so yeah I was, I was really pleased to come on board that's fantastic. Um, so, I mean, like, let, let's talk about then uh, a little bit of your history with the Assassin's Creed novels, um, because I see here, like, like I started reading with the Secret Crusade and was pleasantly surprised to discover that it wasn't like a carbon copy of the game story, but there was like quite a few uh, extra little bits snuck in, and then it just seemed to increase. Uh, like as we moved on to Forsaken, which is I think one of my favorite books, because I'm looking at the list here: Secret Crusade, Forsaken, Black Flag, Unity, and Underworld. I think the only ones that I haven't read are Underworld because it's just coming out, and uh, and I, I, I'm not sure if I read Black Flag or not. No, read Black Flag. You got to read Black Flag. It's great. I know. No, I know. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thanks. It's really kind of you to say. Thank you very much. I mean, the, the Secret Crusade was. I think the first one where we um, brought to it material that was that was new, uh, that wasn't in the games, uh, and I mean, and there was quite a bit of confusion when Secret Crusade came out because a lot of fans were wondering whether or not uh, the, the the new material in it was canon. Um, but you know, it, it was. I, mean, I, I think uh, I think somebody had to. Uh, on go on Twitter and say, you know, yes, look, fans, this is it is canon. This is part of the Assassin's Creed universe. It's not, it's not some sort of fan fiction or something, because um, <laughs> uh, because people were kind of, you know, people go, what, you know, what's all this new stuff going on? You know, uh, you know, it's, it's it's weird. We don't understand this, um, but but no, it was it was canon, and and it kind of seemed it seemed to work. You know, once we'd got over that um, initial hump of people wondering whether whether it actually was part of the universe or not um it seemed people people seemed to like it and um we went on to as you as you just said do it with a bit more um sort of widespread in well, yes yeah, forsaken was the one after that wasn't that and when we were actually dealing with characters that were in the game but weren't necessarily necessarily central to the game uh and um and of course in forsaken is, is a good example where because the games are always based on assassins, uh, Forsaken is is about a Templar, and um, so is so is Unity, and so so they're 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 two ways in which fans of the franchise can kind of see things from a different perspective. Yeah, and so that's a that's a good and nice segue into. Um you're, you're working, like you being in the process of working on these novels and working with uh, our brand teams here and stuff. I, I guess from early on, you would have known then that like this was the this was the, the route that they were going to take, right? It was like expanding on stuff that was in the games. It's like you said, a lot of people initially saw Secret Crusade and thought, is this just a different story or is this stuff canon? Does this stuff build up the universe, right? So I guess that's that, that must have been the mandate you would have been giving very early on. We need to build out the universe. Yeah, I, and I was really, really lucky in that, in that regard because, I mean, any writer wants to be able to bring themselves and their personality and their ideas 
um, to, to something like this. I mean, especially something as kind of, you know, massive and uh, as, as creative as the Assassin's Creed universe, where, you know, you have kind of a lot of free reign, really. I mean, you, you're, you're, you know, you're able to, to, to conjure up with a lot of different uh, and play with a lot of different themes and things. And um, so, so yeah, for, for any writer, it's a gift to, to, for a group of people, is, 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 which is what happens when I come to Montreal, um, and to sit down and say, right, we, we have this script, which is what which is what we have. You know, you know the 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 meetings always begin with a script, which is the game script. But we want to expand on this this section of or this element of the script, which in the case of Secret Crusade was um, kind of Altair's um, sort of origin story, if you like. Uh, and and in 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 um, Forsaken was was the Haytham character. We want to sort of develop that character a bit with Unity. It was Elise. You know, we want to Elise. Uh, she's she's uh, very much a huge a huge part of the game, but you don't actually see that much of Elise in the game. But the mm -hmm. book is just all about Elise. Yeah. So so for for the, so they they will say to me we'd like the book to be about Elise or, um, you know, in the case of Underworld, uh, Henry Green. And, um, you know, how, how can we make that work? And uh, we'll sort of thrash through some story beats, some story ideas of what we think we can do with the character. They're very good in the sense that they're not especially prescriptive, not at all prescriptive, really. I mean, you know, the, the guys that work on Assassin's Creed, the writers that I work with, they... they you know, they're writers and they, they want to hear your ideas and they want you to sort of take the idea, take your ideas and come to them with new ones and run with it. Um, and so and so you, you I'll go away, come up with my my ideas for it and come back to them. And in, in that way, we're kind of expanding the universe, but in a, in a different direction, you know, in a, in a more literary way. Yeah, no, that's that's fascinating, too, because I think uh, for us, it makes like on our side working with the community um you know we talk to a lot of really dedicated fans who are very plugged in like right now some of the people who might be listening to this podcast <laughs> for example um <laughs> are, are are like are like super core fans of ours and they know like so much of the the lore and they've been with the brand for a long time um and so then they they want to know more and i i think it's it's funny it's almost prophetic like with the books the way they work like I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's interesting to hear that it's a partnership between you guys, between you and the brand team, in terms of choosing that secondary character is often like the one character that people are just like, we want more of this in the game. It's like, well, we they have their part in the game, but if you'd like to know more about them, here is this beautiful novel that we have. Yeah, I, I think that I think that I'm, I'm I I don't I'm obviously I'm not party to conversations when they're writing the game script, but I, mean, I, mean, I gather that's the kind of thing that happens, that, they, that they're able to say, well, look, we have this great character, maybe we'll give this to Oliver and you know, let him expand it in a book. Yeah, and 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 what's and I guess what has also happened is the more we work together, the more kind of they're able to see what I'm doing with my little bit and you know, and I and I've got a great understanding of what they're doing with their bit, of their bit and the two kind of worlds are dovetailing um, in, in much more effectively now. Um, I mean, it's just we're just getting better at doing it. I think. I, mean, I think anyway. I mean, a good example, for example, is the um, the Kenway Mansion, which which has been quite a, a key location in um, three three or four of the books that I've written, and, it, and it's only in the recent 
the, the recent games in Syndicate. It's now it's now a key location in the game. But so you can go there. You go there as a player, and and if you haven't read the books, it doesn't matter. You'll you'll still have a great time in that in that during that particular mission. But if you have read the books, then that then then that that particular location, the Kenway Mansion, has a huge significance because it's it's you know it's mentioned first in Forsaken. Now obviously it's it's Edward's mansion, and Haytham lives there, and and uh, Elise goes there in Unity. So and so the whole thing. So it, it makes it for me. Uh, I mean, if I was a, if I was a, a player, a very, it would make it a very rich experience when I went to the mansion and, and went, well, wow, this is now being visualised what I've read about in a in a book sort of three years ago, you know. So in in the way that the the, the, the two things are dovetailing uh, is is great for me. I mean, it's great for me as a writer, and, and it's it's very satisfying to see. No, and you bring up a very good point, dovetailing in so much as it's it's extremely great for our fans as well, because one of the things that we see a lot of is people who've read those books prior to whatever the next installment might be, then go and check out the Animus database in game. And a lot of the stuff, you know, like a lot of the stuff that might have been in the previous novel that expands on a particular character is then like, you know, really summarized in that database. And those who haven't read the novels are like, where did this information come from? And and people sometimes <laughs> smugly are like, you should go and read Unity, by the way, kind of thing. So it, it again, it's, 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 it's part of the transmedia sort of strategy, right? That, that we've talked talked about a lot with with members of our brand team uh this year and in previous years where it's like you can take as much as you want from assassin's creed and sometimes that might be reading the literary stuff sometimes that might be reading comics sometimes that might be playing the game sometimes that might be all of these things because it's all connected yeah yeah that, I mean, that, that that's it i mean if you're really i mean you can just you could just pick up assassin's creed and play it as a game if you want and you're, you're going to have a great time with the game no doubt about it but i mean the the deeper you go into the universe we're there to sort of feed that need if you like you know you can you can you, the, the deeper you go the richer an experience it'll be and and the books are you know i, I hope feed into that so uh, switching gears a little bit, um, let's talk a bit about your creative process. So like typically, like how long did it take you to write an Assassin's Creed novel? Because um, of course we release the games uh, on an annual basis for the last few years, right? So I mean, is that is that a, a, a pressured environment for writing a novel or? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but um, but I mean, a pressured environment is a good environment for writers. I remember, you know, bearing in mind my background is in journalism. You know, you work you work to deadlines, and um, you know, often that that's that's what gets the creative juices flowing. I mean, I, I go out to Montreal normally. I mean, at the beginning of the year, when it's very, you're in Montreal now, aren't you? You, I would. Yes, we mm -hmm. both are. Yeah. I mean, so you you'll know how cold it is in in <laughs> in January and February. It is very the cold. Well. <laughs> I mean, I've never been anywhere so cold as Montreal at that time of year. <laughs> you should come in February when it's minus forty. Yeah, no, no, February, February is when I come. February is when That's, they come. Yeah. yeah that, that is the worst time. Yeah. yeah when, when, when it's so cold, your, your, your bones feel so brittle, you think they're actually going to break when you, you push open a door or something, you know. It's, it's yeah. that bad. And of course, I always come with the wrong clothing. However, however, however well-dressed I, I think I am, it's, it's right. I'm still not warm enough. 
Um, but anyway, sorry, I'm digressing, aren't I? So yes, I come to Montreal in, in February when it's very, very cold. We sit down, we talk to the team, and they need the book, um, well, I mean, for, for, for publishing purposes and in, in order for it to come out around the same time as the game is released. It needs to come out um, around, because the game comes out in sort of summer, doesn't it, late summer. So it needs to come out, so they need, I think they need it for about June-ish. So which gives me what, uh, March, April, May, June, so about four, four, four maybe if I'm lucky, five months to write it. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that's Crazy. actually a lot less time than I actually thought. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Gabe and I um, and and Steph, who's also on our, on the community team, we we we're, uh, we're lucky enough to sit very close to members of the brand team that you might interact with, especially Anouk. Oh yes, uh, yes, no Anouk, yes. So uh, yeah, sometimes I see her hunched over and she's reading excerpts of something, probably your work actually. Really? Like what sort of expression does she have on her face when she's doing it? Anouk is Anouk is great, but a lot of the time she looks like she has something to do. Uh, which, <laughs> so that's a constant expression yeah. but i guess like with the deadlines that she has to work to as well as yourself right like it's a con but but th that means you're constantly in communication with them and and the writers like richard and and, and people like that right because what happens because what happens is you see when i when i um when i when i'm at montreal i mean i'm, I'm there, only there for a couple of days and we you know we sit and we, we sort of thrash out some story beats but writing a book it's a bit like um drawing drawing a sort of a pencil drawing uh, uh, and you draw the outline and then and then you're coloring it in and you're coloring it in in very sort of fine detail as you're and as you're writing it so a lot can change as you're writing the book so so I, I will sort of pitch to them some sort of overall story beats but they're quite broad strokes it's when I get back to my computer uh, and I'm, when I'm writing, you know, you, you refine those story beats and you're literally trying to work out how we get this character to go from A to B and why they might be doing this. So I am in constant conversation with them. I, I have to, I, you know, I feed them ideas and they say yes or no. And I'm very lucky. I've, no, I've, I think I've only had one story idea rejected and the whole time I've been, um, working with them. And so, and so, uh, so yes, it's, it's a constant, discussion we're having a constant conversation where where as i'm moving the plot forward yeah and i am one thing i'm very curious about uh do you have all of the encyclopedias because that's one thing so to to give some insight that's one thing that i know a lot of the writers here writers who've worked on assassin's creed have as like a little handy reference bible you know it's just like sometimes you don't have uh as clear a picture on a particular character and, and something that they've done just open up your encyclopedia and check to make sure that you've got that right is that's all or do you just consult the brand team hey i'm, I'm just trying to get uh confirmation on uh, what Altair did at this particular time and then they send you all the information yeah no my encyclopedias are uh, Anouk Richard Darby <laughs> <laughs> they're the, the writers the writers the people that I just say yeah. look you know who 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 is this why why are they here is it okay if this happens you know <laughs> okay. yeah so uh let's talk a little bit about the latest one which is Underworld um so uh, why don't you give us a little bit of uh, the, the story context because this is from the point of view of uh, Henry Green who is in Assassin's Creed Syndicate and interacts with the Fry Twins but tell us a little bit about uh, Assassin's Creed Underworld um, yeah as, as you say it's um, it's mainly told from the point of view of uh, Henry um, who is who begins life as Jaya, uh, Jayadeep 
Mur, um, who is the son of Arbath Mur of Amritsar. And Arbath Mur is the, the, the main protagonist in Assassin's Creed Brahman, who, which is the, the graphic novel, I'm sure you know, uh, which, is set in, um, which is set in Amritsar in India. And um, so, so and, and Jadeep is, is Arbath's son. But in, in Amritsar, of course, the assassins are very much in the ascendancy. They they basically rule Amritsar, yeah. and, and there aren't um, there aren't many Templars there. And but which is which is all a sort of a, a side issue, really, to the fact that um, Jadeep is, is is being trained as, a, as as an assassin. He's being trained by his mentor is a guy called Ethan Ethan Fry, who uh, obviously is the the Fry Twins father. Exclusive folks, exclusive. Yeah, no, we you have to realize like I I know these names, but I have not received like I, I didn't receive a synopsis of the book or anything like that because I just want to read it. Oh, um, oh. So so this is all very tantalizing information. <laughs> yeah, I'm not spoiling it for you, am I? No, 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 not at all. No, not at all. No. So, J so Jadeep's, Jadeep's mentor is Ethan. But when, he, when Jadeep first meets Ethan, um, Ethan is a man. He's kind of in a bit of a deep blue funk. We don't really kind of know why. Um, he seems a bit despondent and downcast. But he trains Jadeep. What he realizes about Jadeep is that Jadeep is an, an excellent assassin. I mean, he has all the required skills to be an assassin apart from one he lacks the heart to kill he can't he doesn't want to or can't sort of deliver that final death blow it's not because he's a coward it, it could possibly be because he's just a more sort of cerebral thinking person really um and just a more feeling person we've, we've touched on it before in the books actually how, you know when, when we have a protagonist who, who might be a slightly reluctant killer i mean because these guys all of these guys templars and assassins they're all very good at their trade at killing but you know maybe some of them sort of have a less of an appetite for it than others and in in underworld we really kind of explore that a bit more and jadeep is is a character who despite the fact that he has all of the requisite skills to be an assassin he he, he can he, he doesn't have that final one that the, the the ability really to deliver the death blow which brings on shame to his father in Amritsar and he I don't want to sort of ruin it but for, for one reason or another Ethan Fry needs to save Jayadeep from what might be a certain fate shall we say in India and he brings him to England for a particular mission that he has in mind um, and uh, that mission in that mission involves Jadeep changing his name. He becomes uh, the ghost, and he goes undercover. and the, And the and the book takes on uh, more of a uh, an espionage detective feel. I mean, the under underworld is very different from other Assassin's Creed books in the sense that most Assassin's Creed books the themes kind of reflect the game a bit more but in underworld um and this was something we talked about in in these meetings in in montreal and, and richard the writer was very keen on and, and it was great you know that, that we were getting this kind of enthusiasm for this idea that 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 this section of the book would be more more of an espionage thing is it's like the, he goes as the ghost and he goes undercover 
Um, and and I don't think we've done that before in the Assassin's certainly not in the books. I think where a guy has been at least was a little bit undercover, actually in Unity, but not um, not to the extent that the ghost is in in this book. And Ethan Fry is sort of slightly using Jayadeep, you know, and he knows that Jayadeep's kind of got these skills and can do and can do this. But he, and he's kind of doing him a favour because he does say he certainly does save him from st uh, bad stuff that might well happen to him in India. But he's kind of using him. So so the two of them have this sort of slightly love hate relationship, which is which is sort of central to the novel. And um, one of the things that Ethan does is he he asks um, the ghost to get a job on the dig of the Metropolitan Line, which is the world's first underground railway that they're that they're building in london at this time because obviously you know as, as you know the book is set during the industrial revolution and right at the heart of the industrial revolution is london which is leading the world in in, in pretty much every aspect you can think of at this time you know uh, media telecommunications um the uh, brunel's tunneling you know just mechanical developments that are going to the place london right in the center of, of all the, the of what will become really the modern world and uh, right and right at the center of this or at the heart of that is this this um first underground railway that's being built the, the metropolitan line dig where the ghost is is gets gets a job because at this part time in london of course the the templars are very much in the ascendancy the the assassins have not um adapted very well to to the fact to the fact that all these changes are are happening you see because in india where these changes are not happening i mean there, there obviously there there is the the empire and stuff but the, the these the, it's still quite a much a much more traditional country uh, the the assassins are still doing very well but in in england where which is a time of massive upheaval they're not coping with it so well i mean in many ways this story the story of the, of the book is about how these characters, the characters that do well in the story, are the ones that adapt to this changing world, because because what's because what's happening is they're they're seeing all these changes going on around them, and and if they cling to the old ways, which the Assassin Council is doing, much to the frustration of Ethan Th Ethan Fry, then they are they are being beaten, whereas the Templars. Are actually doing quite well, and our main antagonist, our main villain, a guy called Kavner, who is a high, very high-ranking Templar. And isn't that the, the main, the main Templar Grand Master is Crawford Sterrick, as I think you probably know. And um, but the, but Kavner is a sort of secondary antagonist in the novel, uh, and he is he is a man who can see the future. He, he knows he knows which way the wind blows, and um, he's he's going with it. I mean, it's interesting. That's a little nugget of information that that you gave right there, which is that like it's interesting to see that uh, Ethan Fry sort of shares some of those same frustrations that you see in his in his in his kids. In so much as that, like the Assassin Council is still about patience, about biding their time and doing things by the the old ways and doing things by the book and not taking on the Templars. Whereas like the twins are like. Hey, we're just gonna go and liberate London, right? And it's like it's <laughs> it's nice to see that like some of that came uh, from their father, but also uh, acknowledging the fact that uh, Henry, 
or uh, Jayadeep Henry is uh, he's more of a cerebral assassin. Uh, very similar to a certain Evie Fry. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. They, they kind of gravitate towards each other in in, in the game. So. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, we don't want to give too much away, do we? But they do. No, but there's like I mean, even among our fans, right? Like uh, on Tumblr, I believe the hashtag of Henvy, Henvy. is very is very popular. <laughs> <laughs> like people people want to see these two characters together. Yeah. Oh, they're such a sweet couple, aren't they? Lovely. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. I I, I like the idea because I mean, uh, we we are launching our PC version, or actually, at the time people will be listening to this, we will have launched it. Um, but in setting up for our live stream, I installed the build and was going through like the introductory segments of Syndicate uh, again. Um, and so, of course, there's a lot of uh, backstory that's delivered to the player um, by uh, Jayadeep, who's Henry in, in, the, in the game. Um, and it's interesting because, uh, like, this last time I was looking at it, I'm just like, so how is it that he's all by himself? Like, how is, like, he's amassed, like, all of this information and this, and this network so that when the twins arrive, he's like, oh, good, all right, so it's finally some help, I'm ready to go. And it's so, it's, so it's, 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 it's fascinating to hear that, uh, we'll get a little bit more of, uh, uh, you know, some more information on that and the, the, the lead up to, um, to the game and, and an explanation of where the assassins are, um, and, and, and where the Templars are in terms of that, that eternal struggle. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's sort of he's sort of forced to be a lone wolf, really. Um, I mean, the thing with Henry J. Deep, the ghost Henry, is is that he he's, a, he's sort of a, a quite an internalized character. You know, he's obviously got a tortured person, and um, he's kind of I think he feels he needs to atone for something that that he feels that he's let his family down. Um, he he has this he has this slightly um, ambiguous relationship with Ethan and and he sort of feels he sort of feels used but has no choice in that you know mm. um, and and again uh, what's interesting about the the environment in uh, in which the book and the game is set you know the industrial revolution this this period of change is that all these people are quite literally cogs in 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 machinery. That is moving so so fast, you know. I mean, I mean, in in a few years, um, when you think about it, the uh, the you know, World War One will will break out, and and you know, warfare will be mechanized. And in a way, I mean, we know that um, assassins and and Templars are not going to are not going to be obsolete by this time they'll still be fighting their eternal war you know now they are now around us as far as we're <laughs> concerned um but but i think i do think the underworld marks a point at which the the battle lines are redrawn um there you know things ha things have to change uh between them in some way that we don't necessarily uh no yet but the, the you know the twins seem to seem to be able to understand and and that henry seems to be able to understand as well I and mean, when you think about it the um part part of the the whole thing with assassins and temples is is they're they're they're, they're seeking these artifacts aren't they these kind of magical magical things that, that have these magical properties uh but 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 yet in industrial in industrial revolution london that they're making such te 
technological developments that these these also seem like magic. I, I, it, it's Arthur C. Clarke, isn't it, who said, yeah, you know, yeah. who said, you know, any significantly advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And this is this is how the people of London felt when, when it was suggested to them that they might have an underground railway. You know, they're like, what? No, people aren't. People cannot travel underneath the ground. What are you talking about? You know, what do you, what do you mean, good sir, that I can get from Birmingham to London in less than a day? <laughs> and the prime minister said, the prime minister said, at my age, I prefer to remain above ground for as long as possible. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that was now. Thank you for taking the time to give us a little bit of, of context. I mean, like, um, if I'm not mistaken, the Assassin's Creed Underworld should be releasing around the time we release this podcast. Yeah, oh I think it's I think it's out in the UK now. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, and then like I believe for the rest of America, it's at the start of December. Uh, so, yeah. So definitely go and read it because you're gonna get all of that good good information about yeah. Henry. G I mean, like it's 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 like Gabe had mentioned earlier. Like we've we've been lucky, and I mean it's testament to your writing as well. But like a lot of the characters that have become the fan favorites outside of those protagonists are the ones that have been spotlighted in these novels. And from very early on, people saw Henry Green and thought, I like this guy already. I, I want to know more <laughs> about him. And now is your chance, right? You can go and read Underworld. You learn literally his origin story yeah. and, and how he came to be the Henry Green that, that meets those twins on the roof of Assassin's Creed Syndicate and, and just rattles you. That's actually a little nice touch, right? Because you see it, you, you, you learn about it in the novels, and then you see him just like very studiously just rattle off all of their vital statistics as mm -hmm. he meets them. He's yeah. like, two <laughs> twins. You see, Emily and Hyde, those devilish smiles, you must be the fries. <laughs> well, I'm very, I'm very lucky. I mean, I get given, you know, I get given, I mean, it was, it would have, it was Richard that, that, you know, wrote that character as far as I know. And, um, you know, so I'm very lucky to be able to sort of get given that guy and, and, be able to sort of run with him really well it was it was an absolute pleasure uh talking to you on the podcast thank you for joining us again oh thank you for having me problem <laughs> and uh for for those of you listening thank you for tuning in and listening uh you can of course as always find us on various social media at assassin's creed we're on twitter facebook tumblr of course uh we're looking at the hen v hashtags always ship, <laughs> ship all the ships it's ship fine. all the ships it, in this case it turned out to be true <laughs> right so uh, so yeah definitely hit us up if you have any particular questions and um, cool alright until next time uh, take care and stay safe assassins bye bye <laughs>